Today on Up the Cup Declassified, an epic fake news fail on illegal immigration. Louis Farrakhan calls for an end to white men. Hamas attacks Israel from Gaza. They fired 25 mortar shells. And California is issuing digital license plates. We'll discuss the pros and cons. One of the greatest fake news fails I've seen in a long time was, I mean, executed with precision this weekend by the left. Now, the left is up in arms over these reports that immigrant children are being separated from their families. Never mind that it's always happened. If a family decides to come into the United States illegally, well, then they can't cry foul when they are placed in adult detention and their children are placed with foster families. That's the way it happens. If they have relatives here, that's not the case. If they have other guardians here, the kids could be placed with them, but that happens to American citizens. If an American citizen without any other family or any guardian for the child that can properly care for the child is incarcerated, sadly, tragically, unfortunately, that child goes in her foster care. But whose fault is that? It's not the fault of the government. It's not the fault of the criminal justice system. And in this case, it's not the fault of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. No, no. It's the fault of the parent that decided to break the law. The parent that decided to come here illegally. The parent that risked incarceration. And sadly, the children suffer. But you can't blame the government for this. Either government. But that didn't stop the left over this past weekend. So the left led by John Favreau, <clears throat> not the actor John Favreau, the director, John Favreau, who was a speechwriter for the Obama administration. He, uh, John Favreau was one of the most vocal guys on the left alongside uh, lunatic moron Ben Rhodes, Tommy Veter, the whole Obama crew, the whole pajama boy Obama crew. So John Favreau, alongside CNN's Hadass Gold, tweeted out a story, a story that read, First glimpse of immigrant children at holding facility. Now, they were joined by liberals uh, like a guy from ProPublica, T. Christian Miller, uh, with tweets. They tweeted this out, and T. Christian Miller wrote, showing immigrant children being held in what's basically a kennel. And when you read, when you read the initial comments, that's horrible, Trump is evil. John Favreau's original tweet, Hadass Gold's original tweet that they've since deleted, uh, slamming the Trump administration, these children are being held like prisoners. These children are sleeping on cold concrete floors. This is horrible. How dare the Trump administration? Well, then they put out another story. Uh, Antonio Ariano, who's a reporter on ABC 13 in Houston. I dug into this guy, big illegal immigrant guy, you know, pro-amnesty, pro-everything, wants to flood our nation with illegals, open borders. He puts out a tweet <clears throat> over the last couple of days and uh, two days ago. ICE's largest family detention center, Horns County Residential Center in Texas, run by contractor Geo Group, has a prison bus just for babies. And it's a picture of a bus with car seats for children. Now, it's not a prison bus. It's a bus. It's like a school bus. It's sadly, again, to take these minor children into foster facilities when their parents break the law. When their parents break the law. Okay? Now, John Favreau, had to delete his tweet. And let me explain why. And let me tell you how John Favreau then tried to spin it, the Obama administration. Because that story, first glimpse of immigrant children at holding facility, well, that 
story, that story, originally ran in 2014 during the Obama administration. That Geo Group press release about the bus that could transport children, April 29th, 2016. But it gets even better. CBS News ran a report, uh, ran a story. ACLU report, records claim border agents neglected and abused migrant kids. They make it seem like there's a current case because the ACLU is all over it right now, right? And the ACLU is all over it. But buried in the story. Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Let's see where it is. Buried in the story. I'm sorry. Here, one at the bottom of the second paragraph, one sentence. The records the ACLU obtained cover. Ready for this? Drum roll, please. 2009 to 2014. Now, when many of us conservatives started to point out to John Favreau and Christian Miller and Antonio Arianes and Hadass Gold, hey guys, thank you. Thank you for showing the world how cruel the Obama administration was to illegal alien children. They didn't apologize for lying to the public, for disseminating this information from their verified accounts as if it was current information. They didn't admit they were wrong. They didn't hammer the Obama administration. No, all they did was delete their tweets. And Hadass Gold from CNN admitted she deleted her tweet because it was from 2014. She openly admitted her bias. But the greatest backpedal, the greatest backpedal was from the Obama administration's John Favreau. He tweeted after he was caught, these awful pictures are from 2014 when the government's challenge was reconnecting unaccompanied minors who'd showed up at the border with family or a safe sponsor. Today, in 2018, the government is creating unaccompanied minors by tearing them away from family at the border. <clears throat> now, Favreau was, was excoriated. He was mocked relentlessly for this. Obama had been president for five years in 2014. He had been president for five years. It was mid-20. That story was like April June to June of 2014. I forget the exact date. But he had been president for five and a half years. And Favreau was trying to say that, oh, no, no, what you were seeing was humanitarian efforts by the Obama administration. But Trump is creating the problem. Never mind that Obama had five years to change the policy. If he so wished, he never did. The ACLU found the greatest abuses of immigrant children from 2009 <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, to 2014, the start of Obama's presidency to the time when those photos were taken. Yet the mainstream media and the Obama administration sycophants cannot bring themselves to admit what their own facts tell the world, that the Obama administration was abysmal on its treatment of illegal alien children. Now, Trump wasted no time seizing on this. He, he wasted absolutely absolutely no time. So Trump tweeted, Democrats mistakenly tweet, he, you know he loved every minute of this. Democrats mistakenly tweet 2014 pictures from Obama's term showing children from the border in steel cages. They thought it was recent pictures in order to make us look bad, but backfires. Dems must agree to wall and new border protection for good of the country. Bipartisan bill, exclamation point. He went on to say, well, he didn't, but his followers did. Uh, just again, abusing the Dems. But see, this is the problem. Democrats lie. 
Democrats fly. Now, I've seen every insane conspiracy theory from John Favreau saying, well, those kids were in the cages for their own good. It's, it, this is becoming a trend. Those kids were in the cages for their own good. Obama's wonderful. We spied on the Trump campaign to protect Trump, right? This is the new spin of the left. When an image, when evidence of severe wrongdoing, of egregious behavior by the left is in front of America's face, the left's new strategy, and they're being, like I said, relentlessly mocked for it, is to say, oh yeah, we did that. We did it for a good reason. Oh yeah, we did that. We did it for a good reason. Yeah, we robbed the bank, but we want to give money to poor people. We did that, but for a good reason. Now, and the Obama administration sycophants cannot bring themselves to admit what their own facts tell the world, that the Obama administration was abysmal on its treatment of illegal alien children. Now, Trump wasted no time seizing on this. He, he wasted absolutely, absolutely no time. So Trump tweeted, Democrats mistakenly tweet, he, and you know he loved every minute of this, Democrats mistakenly tweet 2014 pictures from Obama's term showing children from the border in steel cages. They thought it was recent pictures in order to make us look bad, but backfires. Dems must agree to wall and new border protection for good of the country. Bipartisan bill, exclamation point. He went on to say, well, he didn't, but his followers did. Uh, just, again, abusing the Dems. But see, this is the problem. Democrats lie. Democrats lie. Now, I've seen every insane conspiracy theory from John Favreau saying, well, those kids were in the cages for their own good. It's, it, it, this is becoming a trend. Those kids were in the cages for their own good. Obama's wonderful. We spied on the Trump campaign to protect Trump, right? This is the new spin of the left. When an image, when evidence of severe wrongdoing, of egregious behavior by the left is in front of America's face, the left's new strategy, and they're being, like I said, relentlessly mocked for it, is to say, oh yeah, we did that. We did it for a good reason. Oh yeah, we did that. We did it for a good reason. Yeah, we robbed the bank. We want to give money to poor people. We did that, but for a good reason. Now, perhaps the most unhinged, unhinged rant on these reports about migrant children, but again, they didn't read that all this happened under Obama, came from a CNN contributor and black activist slash journalist, April Ryan. April uh, is that person. If you ever watch the White House press briefings, you will hear April Ryan ask these moronic questions, always race baiting, always racially geared. And uh, April Ryan put out a tweet. Uh, she tweeted out a story from The Root, which is a very uh, black-centric media outlet, very liberal. Is the Trump administration running a tr child trafficking ring? And this Root story is bizarre. It's claiming that all of these problems with migrant children are because the Trump administration is selling them into sex slavery. Now, luckily, she was called out. A, um, a spokeswoman for the, uh, for the First Lady, Stephanie Grisham, this First Lady's communications director, called out April Ryan. Stephanie Grisham tweeted, quote, if you're a journalist with many followers and, and April Ryan is a CNN political contributor, presumably Paige as a contributor title, if you're a journalist with many followers and a CNN politics contributor, is it okay to retweet? any headline you want, regardless of if it's true. Remember, quote, the core purpose of a journalist is to research, document, write, and present the news in an honest, ethical, and unbiased way, end quote. 
But April Ryan, a CNN politics contributor, somebody who has a White House press credential, she's in the daily press briefing, she's in the morning gaggles, is sending out, is tweeting out insane conspiracy theories, insane conspiracy theories about the White House engaging in child sex trafficking, and that's why they're losing immigrant children. But again, April Ryan should have read the CBS story. Now, let's talk about the CBS story uh, that shows that the uh, Obama administration engaged in some pretty egregious abuses, egregious abuses of minor, minor uh, illegal alien uh, little kids. The ACLU is alleging that the Department of Homeland Security Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties and DHS Officer of Inspector General have, quote, failed to fully investigate, much less rectify, egregious abuse and neglect of migrant children. The records the ACLU obtained cover 2009 to 2014. Now, the ACLU also claims DHS does not have appeared to have reported the alleged child abuse to the FBI, all back during the Obama administration. Customs and Border Protection said it was greatly disappointed that the FBACLU did not note a 2014 OIG uh, inspection that says those claims were unfounded. They didn't report on anything. They didn't report on it. The ACLU didn't want to look at this during the Obama years. years. They don't even want to look at this during the Trump years because it implicates Obama, but they already stepped in. Their feet are already wet. They stepped in thinking they were uh, slamming and smearing Trump when they subpoenaed the records the records they got showed that the most egregious abuses happened under Obama, much like the story of, of in Arizona Central <clears throat> from 2014 who, uh, that, that uh, implicated Obama, much like the Geo Group story about the prison bus was from 2016. The ACL report, you report, 20, 2009 to 2014, and the left made complete fools of themselves, absolute fools of themselves. But this, this you know, really underscores the broader problem. The other day, Obama made a comment. I had no, I'll paraphrase, that he had no scandals in his administration. <clears throat> no, the Obama administration was scandal-ridden. It was absolutely scandal-ridden. But the mainstream media wouldn't report on it. They were in a love fest with Obama. Their job was to protect Obama at all costs. But it wasn't that the Obama administration didn't have, scandal, have scandals, just that you weren't told about them. I wasn't told about them. America was not told about those scandals. America was kept in the dark about the scandals of the Obama administration. But isn't it beautiful that due to their unhinged Trump derangement syndrome, those same reporters, those same Obama administration officials who buried the Obama administration's treatment of illegal alien children put out news articles from the Obama administration's time in office that highlighted just how bad those problems were. Our favorite racist, anti-Semite, horrible human being is at it again. Louis Farrakhan, leader of the Nation of Islam. Conspiring cop killer extraordinaire, all around terrible guy. Well, on Sunday, he issued a call for the end of white men. In the Final Call News, at the Final Call News, the Nation of Islam's Twitter account, I guess it's one of their publications, Farrakhan went on a rant. Why should there be an end to him, parentheses, white man? Because his nature is not in harmony with the nature of God, Farrakhan's words. 
White man was only given 6,000 years, six days, to rule. You cannot deny he has ruled, but on what principle did he rule? Righteousness, truth, justice, fairness? I don't think so. Hashtag Farrakhan, hashtag Nation of Islam Sundays. What he, parentheses, the white man does, he does by nature. What you, parentheses, black people do, is by learning from your master. Hashtag Farrakhan, hashtag Nation of Islam Sundays. NOI. Now, Louis Farrakhan is a terrible guy. He is a terrible guy. He has, his, his anti-Semitic comments are so rabid, I won't even repeat them. He's praised Adolf Hitler. He took millions from Muammar Gaddafi. He was going to take a billion dollars from Gaddafi until the Bill Clinton administration, shockingly, shut it down. Farrakhan is a terrorist. Now, I suspect Farrakhan is also an FBI and a CIA asset. It's the only explanation as to why he's been able to run along and, and operate unfettered for this many years. Now, you remember that uh, House Democrat had ties to Farrakhan and we uh, direct ties to Farrakhan. It's uh, uh, Maxine Waters, uh, uh, Barbara Lee, Danny Davis, Andre Carson, Keith Ellison, uh, Gregory Meeks, Al Green. They've all attended meetings with Farrakhan. They've all uh, sat through speeches of Farrakhan, where he has been brutal to whites, to Jews, to Christians. He's a terrible, terrible, vile human being, Lewis. <clears throat> a terrible, terrible guy. Farrakhan, though, dupes people. And uh, our friend, Candace Owens, Candace is a friend of the rebels, she's done some great work, last week tweeted, in no way do I endorse Farrakhan's views? But holy crap, this is really a big deal. He has just aligned himself with Trump's administration. What's going on in the black community right now is unprecedented. Flag this, it's relevant. So I tweeted at Candace, and I have some, some very nice direct message exchanges with her. And I said, Candace, you've done a great job, but I've studied Farrakhan for years. This man is vile and horrible. He doesn't align with Trump in any way, shape, or form. This is a trap. Don't step into it. Candace is young. She's, <clears throat> excuse me, 27, 28 years old. And uh, so I understand that. But Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck fell into it as well. Now, I know Glenn. I got my start with Glenn. Glenn's always treated me very well. He's a friend. But Glenn has been very misguided on Trump. Well, now Glenn is a Trump supporter. Glenn tweeted, this is huge. Real Candace O. Candace Owens is correct. And it is the principle of what has caused all of our damage in the Middle East. It never leads to peace. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We must find reconciliation in our hearts. Not hate, destruction, or violence, even of the tongue. No, no, no. Candace backed off of it. She admitted that Farrakhan was an anti-Semite. But she continued to call his comments relevant. They are not relevant. <clears throat> they are a trap. These people, and, and I think they're good people. I know Glenn is a good guy, a misguided guy. Candace is a friend. They don't see Farrakhan for who he is. It's a trap. A guy like Farrakhan says... Trump and I are fighting the same enemy. And then he turns around and he goes, and we're also fighting the Jews, and we're also fighting this one, and we're also fighting the Hispanics. And he paints Trump as an anti-Semite and racist. And he achieves his agenda with the help from Trump-centric media people and people like Glenn Beck that are now moving on to the Trump train after rubbing his face in Cheetos and acting a little bit unhinged. Poor Glenn. Um, I, I'll say here what I said on, on Twitter, on Facebook. Never trust Louis Farrakhan. 
He is a rabid rat. He is a venomous snake. He will turn on you. He is a wild, vicious animal. The man hates whites. He hates Jews. He hates Christians. He hates Americans. He hates Canadians. He hates Western Europeans. He is a vile, hateful, evil man. And, and it really, really frustrated me that because of one comment, one damn comment, a bunch of conservatives with high profiles, oh, let's embrace Farrakhan now. See, he's on our side. Kanye West was on our side. Now Farrakhan is, oh, he's in the fold. Give me a break. The guy is baiting you in to drop you from the highest heights. Now, a little backstory on Louis Farrakhan. Back in um, the 1970s, 1972, there was a New York City police officer posthumously promoted to Detective Philip Cardillo, distant uh, relation to my father's side of the family. Uh, I, I don't know. I had actually met his son later on but uh, and never knew we were related. Always thought we weren't until an aunt of mine said, oh, no, 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 there's a distant relation. Anyway, Cardillo and his partner, I, I brought you the story. I profiled it in depth, responded to a mosque in Harlem. It was mosque number seven of the Nation of Islam. And I won't go back through the case of Philip Cardillo. We've gone over that case. He was murdered. He was with his partner, Vito Navarro. They were in the uh, building in Mosque number seven. The Nation of Islam people pushed his partner out, closed the door. They murdered Detective Cardillo. Louis Farrakhan was in the building. He was in his office upstairs, a floor above, where patrolmen, they then called him patrolmen. He was promoted to detective later in life. We then moved NYPD from calling <clears throat> excuse me, the cops, patrolman to police officer. And patrolman Cardillo was murdered a floor under where Louis Farrakhan was. I believe, I've always believed, the old-time detectives who were there, the cops who were there, we all know in our heart that Louis Farrakhan knows who killed Philip Cardillo, who murdered that member of the New York City Police Department, and he has never to this day given up the murderer. Nor has Representative Charles Wrangell in New York, who was also on scene. Nor have many of the black Democrats, the old school black Democrats in New York, who were part of Farrakhan's cabal. Louis Farrakhan, for 46 years, 46 years, has covered for a cop killer. He has protected the identity of a cop killer. That's in addition to being an anti-Semite. That's in addition to being a racist. That's in addition to sympathizing with terrorists like Muammar Gaddafi. He has covered for 46 years and protected the identity of a cop killer. So when, when people on the right uh, uh, sit there and they tell me, oh, Farrakhan is on. Oh, Farrakhan's a great guy. Oh, stop your nonsense. Louis Farrakhan's not a bad man. Oh, we should embrace everybody. Oh, we should bring him into the fold, bring him into the tent. We have such a big tent. Give me a break. I don't want Louis Farrakhan in my tent. I don't want Louis Farrakhan in my tent. And Cardillo didn't die on scene. He died six days later. He was 31 years old. At the time, New York City had a very liberal mayor, John Lindsay. He was terrified of Farrakhan. He hampered the investigation. Benjamin Ward, who wound up a New York City police commissioner, was there with Charles Rangel. He was the first, city's first black police commissioner. He also knew who killed Cardillo alongside Farrakhan, alongside Charles Rangel. 
He was deputy commissioner of community affairs in the New York City Police Department at the time. He knew. Oh, geez. They knew. They all knew. And Farrakhan, Farrakhan was celebrated by Obama. Obama and Farrakhan had a long-time relationship. Obama lied about that. We now know they buried photos of Obama and Farrakhan because they knew that would cost Obama the election with Christians, Christian Democrats. They buried those photos. Maxine Waters embraces this guy. Now, I get when the left does it. Man, I, I can see the left come in. I know what they're about. I, I, get, I get when the left does it. But that's why Candace Owens disappointed me so much last week. Legitimizing Louis Farrakhan. You know, I, I don't... Uh, I'm all for free speech. I am all for free speech. I'm all for free press. I'm all for reporting on everything. I'm all for open dialogue. But what I am not for, I, I will never legitimize a guy like Louis Farrakhan. I'll never say his comments are relevant because to believe his comments are relevant, to even say he's a hateful, racist, anti-Semite who socializes with terrorists and protects cop killers, but he made a legitimate point here, you have to believe he's honest. You have to then believe that he's making that point sincerely. And I don't. I don't believe anything about Louis Farrakhan is honest or sincere. I think he is a vile, reprehensible, hateful man. And it truly bothers me that Candace Owens and now Glenn Beck legitimized him. It truly bothers me that anyone on the right would legitimize this guy. A terrible Terrible, terrible guy. And I just hope that after this, after his most recent call to end white men, because to me, that's a threat. That is a threat. If, if a white Christian pastor took to Twitter and called for an end to black men, their accounts would be banned, their organization's accounts would be banned, they would be excoriated in the mainstream media, they would be shamed into silence and forced to live under a rock somewhere. But Farrakhan calls for the end of white men, the eradication of white men, much like his buddies over in Iran do for the eradication of Israel, the Jewish state and Jewish people around the world. They're a modern day Third Reich, really, the Muslims, the mullahs. It's given a pass. It's given a pass. When Iran calls for the eradication of Israel and uh, really a modern day Holocaust, it's given a pass. When Farrakhan calls for the eradication of white men, race-based genocide, it's given a pass. Given a pass. But we have reporters like Tommy Robinson over in the UK who are jailed summarily for 13 months for daring to report on Muslim rape gangs. And here in the US, if you dare even criticize legitimately and respectfully a liberal, if you're a conservative and you criticize a liberal, let alone that liberal being a person of color, or a Muslim, and you do that on social media, you risk your accounts being de-verified, your accounts being banned, you completely shut down and silenced. The entire thing is disgraceful. But hopefully this, this will at least, at the very least, stop people on the right from legitimizing hateful, disgusting, cop-killer-protecting, terror-sympathizing, anti-Semite racists, evil, evil people like Louis Farrakhan. Hamas again attacked Israel and Israel pounded 
Hamas. Hamas, from inside Gaza, launched 25 mortar shells at Israel, the majority of which, I believe, 24 of them were intercepted by Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system. One, however, did land near a kindergarten. Doesn't uh, appear there were any injuries at kindergarten before the Iron Dome system opened and, and started uh, taking the mortar shells out. Now, Israeli armed forces, the IDF, hit a uh, Hamas training site. It was uh, inside Gaza. Israeli jets hit the site and apparently were pretty successful at it. And uh, Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu over in Israel said, quote, Israel will exact a heavy price from those who seek to harm it, and we see Hamas as responsible for preventing such attacks. Now, I expect, I expect this from Hamas, and I expect Israel to beat the hell out of them when they do it. Uh, Khalid al-Bash, an Islamic Jihad leader in Gaza, Hamas guy, said, quote, we are sticking to the right of return as well as responding to the Zionist now, I expect this rhetoric from Hamas. They're a global terror organization. I don't expect any less from them. I don't expect them to be any better. Never have, never will. I expect Israel to continue to defend itself using top-of-the-line weaponry. We're making sure, we make sure that Israel, our close ally, always has state-of-the-art fighter aircraft, missile defense system, things of that nature. We need Israel. They're a very important partner and a very critical region of the world. <clears throat> but what really shocked me was a guy named Worldman. Worldman. C.J. Worldman. Now, I don't know if C.J. Worldman's Jewish. His last name seems to indicate that he is. Wrote a story that I, I really had to do a double take. C.J. Worldman, he's a columnist for Middle East Eye and New Arab, uh, host of Challenge the Rage, author of The New Atheist Threat. Maybe he's an atheist. Sounds Jewish, maybe it could be German. But he wrote at for TRT World, the Turkish state media outlet. Now, I used to do hits on TRT World, but I've since declined them. I no longer do them after Erdogan's uh, hardline statements against the United States, against Israel. I refuse to do hits on that, on that network anymore, even as a guy defending the U.S. position, the pro-American, uh, uh, pro-American exceptionalism position. I don't want to even give them my time. This guy, Roman tweets, my latest. And I, I had to read this several times, and I had to read his piece in TRT World several times. Under international law, Palestinians have a lawful and moral right to use whatever means necessary, including armed struggle to resist Israeli occupation. Best part, and Israel has no lawful right to defend itself. It is, this reads like uh, pure insanity. A quote from the TRT World Peace. If Israel's occupation of Palestine territories is illegal, and it is under international law, then by definition, Palestinian resistance of that occupation is legitimate. This from this piece by this C.J. Worldman. And he just put this piece out uh, late yesterday. Pro-Israel propaganda is not only extraordinarily well-funded and organized, but it's also meticulously scientific. For example, for instance, Israeli researchers discovered that replacing nouns with verbs reduced levels of anger or tension in those they were speaking to, whether it's the Palestinian people living under the heel of its brutal occupation or the broader international community. They discovered that employing nouns instead of verbs had a calming effect. For example, 
The statement, quote, I am in favor of the removal of settlers, end quote, invoked far less anger from Jewish Israelis who were exposed to the use of the verb, I am in favor of removing settlers. This is just silly. This is just silly. Turn on any U.S. cable news network and you'll see one pro-Israeli pundit or representative blame Palestinians for their own deaths or Hamas or a combination of both. All of which is taking place in the media while U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley praises Israel at the United Nations for showing restraint. And this guy goes on to praise the U.N. and talk about how the U.N., while nearly every single member nation of the U.N. calls for an inquiry into Israel's massacre of unarmed Palestinian protesters, by the way, people Hamas acknowledge were Hamas terrorists, many of whom were in the back and hundreds of meters from the perimeter fence, the United States government is lauding out praise on unthreatened Israeli snipers. I mean, this guy is truly delusional. He is truly delusional. Now, this is one of my favorite parts of this. I, had a, I read this piece twice to make sure it wasn't parody. I even made sure it was really from TRT World, even though they're pro-Muslim, anti-Israel. This reads like a satire piece. When Israel says it has a right to defend itself, the correct response is to ask from what or whom. Not a single Israeli citizen or soldier has, be, has been harmed or killed by Palestinians since the protests began. In short, Israel is shooting and killing human beings who pose absolutely zero threat, either the state of Israel or its citizens. So this guy is actually upset because the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, is successful at keeping Hamas <clears throat> terrorists out of Israel and preventing them from killing IDF members or Israeli citizens. Apparently, to this moron, self-defense is only legitimate if someone is killed first. It preventative self-defense is illegitimate. I mean, this guy might be one of the dumbest people in the world. He might be one of the dumbest people in the world. So I'll ask again, do Palestinians have a right to defend themselves? The answer to that question is a resounding yes. He asked and answered his own question. In fact, International law is unambiguous in its endorsement of armed struggle for peoples who seek self-determination under, quote, colonial and foreign domination. United Nations Resolution 3743, dated 3 December 1982, it, quote, reaffirms the legitimacy of the struggle for people of peoples for independence, territorial integrity, national unity, and liberation from colonial and foreign domination and foreign occupation by all available means, including armed struggle. This moron goes on to misquote other things and to apply Hamas terror to UN resolutions that were meant for nations like the Congo. This is the problem. This is why terrorism proliferates around the world. Far left journalists, and this guy describes himself as a journalist, author, and analyst on conflict and terrorism. Yet he seems to be one of these far lefties that sides 10 times out of 10 with the terrorists. These people are delusional. They're absolutely delusional. Hamas came out and admitted that they were engaging in armed incursions into Israel. Hamas essentially admitted that they used those 30 to 40,000 Palestinians as a distraction over here while Hamas insurgency teams <clears throat> tried to penetrate Israel over there, over there, over there, over there, and were taken out by the IDF snipers. But apparently to this genius, 
only if one of those teams would have been successful in coming in Israel, killing IDF personnel, killing innocents, killing children, then Israel might have had a case for self-defense. But really, he doesn't think so, because in reality, it's the Palestinians, it's Hamas defending itself against Israel. With Westerners having this type of mentality, it's no wonder radical Islamic terror continues to spread around the world. These people are good dimi. Dimitude is in their blood. They want to bow down. They want to surrender to the Muslims. They would rather have a global caliphate of radical Muslims ruling them than they would live freely, prosperously, and fight back. Same as American socialists. Same as European socialists. They want the state to have all the power. These people would actually live under a caliphate and never step out of line. They would, they would shut their mouths and, and do the bidding of their radical Muslim rulers, be treated like second, third, fourth, and fifth class citizens, and never once rise up and fight back. We've got a real problem in the world with these beta males, with these suicidal mentality types. But this piece, I mean, this piece really, really blew my mind. And I guess these people exist. I guess they exist. I guess people who believe that it's okay for Hamas terrorists to continually kill Israeli citizens, to try to invade Israel, to attempt to kill Israeli military personnel, that's all okay because of some obscure UN resolution that doesn't even apply to the situation in uh, the Gaza Strip. It is, it is just mind-blowing to me. And it's, like I said, it's absolutely terrifying that people like this exist and that they have an international voice. California is unveiling digital license plates. Yeah, you got that right. They're going to use the same technology as an Amazon Kindle, and they're going to allow the license plate to change messages. Now, here are the pros to me. Personalized plates become much easier. Uh, the easiest part of, of this digital license plate is that your registration, uh, the year of your registration, showing it's valid. Here in Florida, we have to use a sticker. And so this would enable you to constantly have that updated. You go online, you redo your registration. Golden changes on your license plate. They, are, uh, they have their own computer chips and battery. You can register your vehicles electronically. Like I said, you don't stick eggs on your plates, the whole thing. And if the car is stolen, the plate's manufacturer says the plate can tell the owner and police exactly where the car is, or at least where the license plate, if it's been detached. Now. This is my problem in Statist California. If it has that type of GPS technology, then it means it can geolocate. And if it can geolocate, it can tell how fast you're going. It can tell where you're going. Because if I can tell you that your license plate is here, and then I can tell you that your license plate is here, well, I can tell you how long it took for your license plate to get from here to here. I can, with that GPS, figure out the distance time it took you to get there and very easily figure out how fast you were going. Very simple, rudimentary math. So it scares me that California <clears throat> will then use this to start issuing speeding tickets through the mail. And they will become oppressively burdensome to the population of California. Now, people in California vote for this. Sacramento became the first city to test the place, took a shipment of 24 license plates for its in-house fleet. So they're not yet available to the general public. 
Car dealerships are going to sell the plates for about 700 bucks, not including installation fees, and you got to pay a monthly fee to the DMV or to the vendor, actually. Plates aren't available to the DMV. You pay a monthly fee to the vendor, the manufacturer, of about $7 to maintain. And here we go. Some drivers are questioning whether the device's communication systems would allow the state, the police, or private companies to track a driver's movement. They say that whatever little uh, privacy we have left will be annihilated. And it's true. It's true. Look, I like the ability of the digital changing of the uh, tag, the uh, registration year. I like to be able to geolocate the car if it's stolen, but every car. I mean, my, my vehicle has it. Uh, every vehicle with a GPS these days and with some kind of uh, SOS feature, OnStar feature. And we all have, you know, I, I have, a, I have a, an app where I can find my vehicle on the app. And so every vehicle essentially has that built in now. So that's not an excuse. I do believe that this is going to be used in a, in a state like California, not only to track speed and issue speeding tickets, but things like, oh, you're driving too much. So California is going to say, well, look at all the data we collected from these license plates. A certain category of people in this area are driving way too much. Let's tax them for one of these, you know, ridiculous eco schemes of carbon offsets. So if you drive more than X on non-highways or if this is a smog area. So if we see that you're driving uh, more than X hours a month or X miles a month in this area, then you're going to be taxed an additional Y dollars on your registration next year. That, I can almost assure you, is going to happen in California. Now, DMV officials in California say that uh, only 116 cars in the state are using them. Pilot program rules will allow about one half a percent of California's 35 million vehicles 